faster, mine. Good afternoon. Welcome along to the man in line at the morning after, as it were, the budget the night before. It did pass Dr. Allingson's second budget as Treasury Minister, but at what cost? From what we can work out, it's been the biggest rebellion since the 1990s. Six MHKs voted against it. And we're going to pay more in tax, more in national insurance. And, as we found out this morning, more to put your kids on a school bus. Is it going to be easier just to drive them to school? How green is that? Plenty to talk about in the next hour. Um, Also, of course, um, if you've not kept up with all the details of uh, yesterday's budget, you can do. We have a budget mini site um, that is available at manxradio.com. Just click on the link there. Um, Also, in other news, there's a requisition meeting being held over Bratton Commissioner's Roundhouse. The captain of the parish has uh, called a requisition meeting next month about the cost and the future of the Roundhouse as the controversy um, rolls on, especially in regards to um, the, uh, the access to it via a road which is effectively the road to the hospital in the Palatine Health Centre. Um, well, that will rumble on. More details about that on manxradio.com. I'd love to hear your opinions on that. I mentioned there about uh, the budget yesterday. Um, six members voted against it. Um, the last time um, we found a budget that was uh, this unpopular um, with uh, the House, um, we can go back to the 1990s when five MHKs um, voted against. Um, they were from the APG which we think was the the alternative policy group they were known as uh, at first, and then it was the Alliance for Progressive Government they changed to, which was, of course, a whole lot more, um, you know, easier to roll off the tongue. And uh, the current chief minister's father, David Cannon, uh, was uh, part of that group. So the question is that if it has got one of the uh, the largest rebellions in recent times, it obviously hasn't gone over as well as one possibly would have hoped if um, you were in Dr Allenson's shoes the fact that they're putting up taxes ring-fenced for health care, was that a big enough sweetener to uh, basically think, oh, there you go, that's more money gone for my pay packet when costs are rising and the cost of school buses are going up? We'll get back to that um, a little later on. Um, but he's waiting patiently on the phone. If you want to join in the conversation this afternoon, please give me a call, 66 13 68. Send me a text to 166 at 177. But we'll always try and get to the phone lines first. Uh, Bonzo's on. Afternoon, Bonzo. Hello, yes. Uh, well, actually, we're going back to the budget. Ah, good, right. Uh, Let's talk about right, it. Well, OK, well, one area that always sort of strikes me about budgets are personal allowances. Uh And I think I described this last year when I was on the budget programme. And I was saying how the difference between our personal allowance and the UK personal allowance has eroded substantially over over time. Um, I returned to the island in 2001. And um, part of the attractiveness of it, besides my wanting to sort of come home, was the fact that uh, the numbers were as follows for personal allowances. 2001, Island Man personal allowance was £7,535, as opposed to the UK, £4,385. That's about a 70% uh, difference, isn't it, really? Um, I think it's about, more like about sort of 58, 59, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know it's big, yeah. and in 2024, 
the Isle of Man personal allowance is now 14,500, but the UK personal allowance is now 12,570. Yeah. That's a difference of about 13%, something like that. So in order to restore that advantage yeah, over UK personal allowance, the 2001 levels, the personal allowance would need to rise by 5,360 pounds, the 19,860 pounds. Or to put it another way, 103 pounds and seven pence a week. So basically, that's quite that's quite graphic as to how we are slowly but surely falling, not necessarily behind, but getting pretty close to the UK compared to how good things were. Where did you think the the trains come off the rails then, Bonzo? Uh, well, firstly, uh, there was the issue of double dipping on VAT, mm-hmm. which then led to the uh, unilateral renegotiation, <laughs> which then chopped off a lot of money. Yes. But one of the things is the the tax model that we have. And I haven't seen the new tax strategy yet, but it was mentioned in the budget that the tax strategy, uh, um, one of its central planks is that it shouldn't, there should be no capital gains tax, no capital transfer tax. Um, and we have at the moment, and the, the budget was a continuation of this, what I'd term a welfare state. Mm-hmm. The richer you are, um, the more government essentially um, helps you. And if you're on uh, the salary of uh, you know, around an MHK, then, yeah, okay, fine. Anything more than that, and the Isle of Man is, is a good place to live and work. Anything less than that, and the Isle of Man becomes an increasingly unattractive place to live and work. So do you think that, uh, based on that line, Bonzo, just to pick you up there, that the the island plan, that all we ever hear of uh, from the government is about the island plan, the island plan. We don't really see any tangible benefits at the moment as to what this administration is doing. Um, it's very much the comments were yesterday that they're making um, many of the, the members were coming back with the same um, issues because nothing seems to be getting done. Do you feel that yesterday's budget works towards the island's plan of um, bringing more economically active people here to um, boost our income, or do you think it works against it? No, I think it's just an exercise in, in uh, papering over cracks. Oh, right, it's okay. a fairly thin paper at that. <laughs> um, so in terms of the budget as a whole yesterday, if you were sat there uh, as an MHK, um, would you have voted for it or against it? Um, because it was, it was a mixed bag. You know, there's very few people who say they want, you know, to not give money for health and also to education. Um, but, of course, it squeezed the squeeze middle even more. So which side of the fence would you have sat on? Well, which is why we need budget reform. And uh, a lot of MHKs were mentioning that in their, their um, budget responses. Because, of course, at the moment, you have to vote for all of the budget. Mm-hmm. So if there's lots of stuff you don't want to see, but there's particular issues that, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't really want to see that happen, like the rises in child benefit and, and, and such like, um, then you have to hold your nose and vote for everything else. And many people, and I think David Ashford in, in particular emphasised this, that um, he was giving the uh, Treasury Minister the benefit of the doubt for one more year, but that he was on notice that if um, things didn't improve, then he wasn't going to vote for a budget. And mean- I think there are about sort of five or six MHKs who held their noses and voted for the budget. 
So I think the size of discontent is, is rather more than that vote reflects. I mean, do you feel then that, because I, I, I heard the debate yesterday, David Ashford was one, as you mentioned, they say, they, they, you know, not to um, put words in their mouth, but a lot of it was, I'll, I'll give you a ticket this year, but I want some improvement for next year, yeah. seemed to be the feeling. I mean, is that just a political promise? Is that just a bit of a political threat that, quite frankly, things might change next year and we'll forget about this? Do you not think that's almost um, a cop-out in terms of, uh, well, I'm voting no. for the budget, but I'm not happy voting for it? No, because, of course, they wanted to see various things like you know, child benefit, etc., mm-hmm. going through. Um, so, as I said, they had to hold their nose for, for most of it. But, uh, as I say, there's been a lot of nose-holding, and I think there's a lot of discontent, and you will hear that discontent expressed, I think, throughout the rest of the programme and elsewhere. And um, MHKs and MLCs will be hearing that discontent. So what would you like, uh, to finish on then, Bonzo, what would you like um, uh, Alf Cannon and Dr Allenson uh, in regards to the budget? What do you think the administration should do from now on? Do you think they're actually going to listen to a lot of what was said yesterday? Because it wasn't really a debate. A debate is where you debate things. This was just standing up and making a series of speeches with your opinion and voting at the end, which is a very different thing. Do you think they'll actually listen to the comments or is it a case of it's been voted through, we'll move on as we were? Well, the thing about the the Isle of Man, you know, about uh, Comin, the Isle of Man government, is that I think it was Churchill that said about America um, that they will do the right thing when all their options are exhausted. <laughs> there's, a, um, there's a tagline. It was better than freedom to flourish, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so that next year, I think, and this will be uh, reflected, I think, in the debate on the tax strategy, which I think is next month. Um, fundamental review of tax and a reorientation to proper progressive taxation where the wealthy pay you know, a legitimate share of their, uh, you know, of their um, income and, and other wealth um, into, the, into government. That's, that's very liberal for you, Bonza. Hang on. You thought I wasn't liberal? <laughs> well, I'm not that... Well, you know, I'm not sort of liberal party liberal. <laughs> but it's almost a case of that what you're suggesting is that at some point you feel they're going to have to grasp the nettle of um, trying to share the wealth more, as it were, as opposed to the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Well, yeah, because you can only squeeze the poor so hard. It's a good point. Bonzo, thanks very much for calling in. It's lovely to speak to you as always. Um, that um, uh, Bonzo, they're making some very good points about the actual whole tax strategy. We're going to hear more about that in Timwald um, next month. If you've got uh, thoughts on this or comments, please send um, uh, get in touch. Sorry, sixty six thirteen sixty eight, um, or of course you can send me a text one double six one double seven. Let's go through some of your texts in. Um, so. Uh, says text to 502. Um, we're almost paying the same amount of tax as our UK counterparts, but goods and services are much more expensive on the island. Great. Yeah, well, bear in mind that there's been a... Um, they're currently um, in Timwald voting on the additional monies for government departments for um, effectively the year we're in. £30 million of that for Manx Care. Now, they've had an uplift in the budget next year of over £40 million. And then it, the headlines today are that um, A&E is, is fit to bursting at Nobles Hospital. We've all heard the anecdotal um, comments of people waiting seven or eight hours at A&E. So when are we going to see some improvement for all the money? 
Okay, um, because people people are beginning to ask these questions. Um, and um, after listening to the critics of Julian, the government missed a great opportunity to raise base of income tax to twenty five percent and say it's to save the planet. Um, it would have no resistance. Um, Des says, as for all your experts, all I can say is hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, uh, let's have a look at what other messages coming in. Um, that Francis says, uh, thank goodness I'm back. Only for today, Francis. It's Phil in again tomorrow. Um, the budget, 101 million for capital projects, plus 3.2 million in fees alone for the new Castle Russian High School. I bet a certain secret society will be pleased with that outcome, eh? Oh, here we go. Um, that, thank you, Francis. Um, a nice tinfoil hat. And one thing for sure, you'll never see a current or past MHK on a push bike, will you? Um, well, that is a very good point. I remember going along to um, an active travel meeting and making the point to certain members of the DOI were there, including the director of highways, pointing out that they'd all driven there in um, cars um, and 4 by 4s on a very nice day from the sea terminal out to Pull Rose. Not one of them had gone by bike. OK, um, I do know the speaker of the House of Keys. He doesn't drive. He does use public transport. Speaking of which, um, we're going to be talking about the cost of school buses. Um, that has gone up. Um, that um, oh crikey, text to two five two. I will get to your text, but it's it's quite a lengthy one that seems to be split up all, um, all over the place. So thank you, David H says. All the people want is fairness. David, do you feel we got fairness in the budget? And I don't think anyone doubts that the people want fairness. Um, let's have a look to Texter 100. Hi, Alex. As a pensioner, I notice that for the second year running, Dr. Allenson has been a bit sneaky, that he's given us an increase again, thank you very much, but hasn't increased personal allowances. This will mean more pensioners will need to pay more tax, ensuring that he gets some of the increase back, thus giving with one hand, but uh, getting some back with the other. It's a good point, but did you ever know the tax system not to do that? Okay, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not doubting it. I'm, it just doesn't surprise me if that's the case. Um, uh, Andy C um, says, Hi Alex, yesterday Tim Will shocked me as the chairman of the Public Accounts Committee didn't understand how education finances work. June Watterson's lack of knowledge of uh, DFM um, was embarrassing. Not only him, but Michelle Haywood too. The right report was right about the stupidity in Timwald. I don't think they put it that way. And uh, needing these MHKs to be educated in how departments work. Unbelievable. Um, I did have a message in earlier, um, which is along those similar lines, actually. Um, uh, it was a text in saying, regarding the man in line, Alex, regardless of the tax issues and the contentious contents of the budget... Is the real frustration or anger of the people down to the vast wasting of public money on grandiose projects? The imposition of grossly unpopular projects at great cost. For example, Douglas Prom. Please notice the uh, the paved crossings, they're all cracking. And at each side of them, they're still full of water and mud because there's no drainage. Anyway, back to the message. The bloated civil service and the fixation with topics the wider public simply don't care about. Constitutional boundaries, green initiatives and getting rid of the bishops and other... We've heard about that a lot, haven't we? That waste parliamentary time and money at a time when really fundamental things are not being addressed. On top of that, uh, our MHKs were bamboozled into supporting things from the civil servants that they must know don't make sense and are completely unaware of their power against the departments. The budget is a trigger proving this administration's incompetence. So there we go. Um, the word incompetence rearing its head halfway through um, this administration. 
Okay, what's your thoughts? Send me a text, 166-177, or get on the phone to uh, 661368. Uh, thank you very much to the WhatsApp from Ali, who says, I'd like someone to explain how our island has ended up with all these problems when there are MLCs, MHKs, hundreds of people working in government departments and CEOs on very big salaries. Does no one in the department have responsibility for the problems? Well, there's responsibility and there's accountability, isn't there? In theory... They should go with the ministers. Now, where are the ministers putting themselves up for scrutiny on a lot of these issues? That's the question. Um, Thank you to the WhatsApp in from John H who says, So, we're trying to raise more money through taxes for Manx Care. Why not put prescription charges up to £5 an item, which is still less than the UK? That could raise a fair amount. Yes, people on benefits would still get free ones. You could still get some medications over the counter cheaper than a prescription. Uh, Thank you very much for that one, uh, John. The only question I have with prescription charges is you you hear these arguments, don't you, about um, taxes covering things like or should be used to cover um, uh, period products and things like that. If you're on prescription medication that you require to stay alive, so it's actually um, it's not things like the um, paracetamols that you're here for um, or things that people can still live with when you're on medication that is um, uh, um, it's life-threatening to live without it um, should they still be charged prescription meds um, let, you know that's a, a topic of conversation for you um, keep your messages coming in one double six one double seven and uh, we've got Ken who's on the phone he's been waiting patiently good afternoon Ken afternoon um, although he confirmed that the pensions were going up eight and a half percent in line with the UK I know we're separate, but we seem to align ourselves with the UK. It was a bit wishy-washy as to what's going to happen in future years, because I assume the UK would be a political suicide if they do away with the triple lock, but of course it's not political suicide over here. If he reinvents the wheel a bit about pensions, old-age pensions, so, basically. So, from your perspective, what would you like to see happen then, Ken? Because... Um, Are are we separate from the UK? Are we not separate from the UK? Should we align ourselves with them? I forget his name, Robertson, or he he reinvented the wheel and we we broke away and they wouldn't give our pensions. They stuck with what the UK did. So we didn't really break away and uh, I think we should stay with them because it's going to cause... They've got to go to some sort of consultation about if they do break away about the UK people that live over here. Well, I mean, ooh, your phone line's breaking up a bit there, yes, Ken. I know, yeah. It was all right. It was all right two minutes ago. Um, that my only point would be there that um, in terms of breaking away, that obviously the Isle of Man is its own separate government. It does raise its own taxes. In terms of um, the pension, um, how difficult is it and how um, you know ethical is it that we tie one part of our spending to a effectively a foreign power, you know, um, at the, uh, the UK... When the the money to actually pay all that comes from the uh, the external taxation here on the Isle of Man, the internal sorry taxation here on the Isle of Man. Well, bear in mind we're trying to attract people over here. Mm-hmm. So if if the pension is going to be less than what it is in the UK, you're shooting yourself in the foot for future years. That people th- won't come. That, that that's a good point because. Um, I suppose if you think about it, people, they keep on talking about wanting to attract more people here and we've got too much of an ageing population, which um, uh, uh, they want to get more economically active people over here. It's only a ticking time bomb because everyone's going to grow older, aren't they? 
And as as regards uh, people retired who were born in the 50s who didn't get the real, you know, the pension women particularly, the WASPy women, the, that's gone to an ombudsman who said it was not done right and the due of cash. I'm just wondering if he's allocated any money for that in case it uh, we have to pay out as well. Um, that's one question I can't answer for you, Ken. But, yeah, no, it is, no, it's a question no. to put out there because... Um, the, saying that, though, the one thing you do notice with government is that um, when thing, money needs to be found, it always seems to be found. Have you noticed that? Well, yes. Mm. The, uh, of course, the UK with the WASPy women, they put it, keep putting it back and back. It's a bit like the Horizon scandal. No, you know, they keep on objecting and appealing and it all goes back and back. But, so, uh, we'll have to wait and see. We will. Thanks very much, Ken, for your call. Lovely to chat to you uh, this afternoon. Thank you, Ken. Uh, you can give uh, me a call as well, 66 13 68. It would be lovely to hear from you. Andy says, Alex, fast am I. Regarding the budget and the tax increase, is it measurable that... Um, uh, is it measurable to get easier doctor's appointments and quicker procedures will be undertaken? If not, isn't it all a con on the taxpayers that's been put forward? Well, it must be measurable. You know, um, in terms of effectively waiting lists, you know, getting an NHS dentist um, in terms of how long you have to wait for a procedure, um, how long you have to wait for a GP appointment. And like this morning's headline, how long you have to wait at A&E, okay, which anecdotally you hear a lot about here on the Isle of Man. So I suppose it is measurable. Um, let's have a look. Thank you, uh, Phil, who says just too many civil servants and too many managers. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, and, um, oh, uh, let's have a look. Um, oh, sorry, these texts go across quite a few, so I'm trying to keep up with them, so you'll have to um, bear with me on that one. Um, that um, Afternoon, Alex. Uh, this might not go down well with anyone on benefits, but um, they're never affected by the cost of living. As any rise in the cost of living, their benefits are increased. Uh, the rent, for example, their benefits are topped up, yet the working man and woman, of course, has to find the money out there um, that they're already struggling on. That uh, why can't um, they have to find it? They all seem to have smartphones, Sky TV, afford holidays, and uh, wear all the latest clothes, have takeout nights, smoke, and have all these luxuries that working people can't afford. Um, they make things uh, easy, whilst it's the working person that needs the food bank and has to go. It's uh, the lowers that are struggling. Thank you, text 008 for that. Quite a sweeping stereotype, it has to be said, but it goes back to that point, it doesn't it, about the uh, the squeezed middle. Um, right. I'm uh, going to uh, go quickly for a break, um, but thank you very much to Texter762 who says, Responsibility? Accountability? Surely all MHKs are a liability. <laughs> Douglas Prom is already crumbling, by the way. Thank you very much for that. Give me a call on anything to do with the, the budget or anything to do with maybe the school bus fares going up by 10p the day after the budget. So a little bit more of a... A kick in the crotch if you're the kind of um, squeezed middle already. I'd love to hear from you. One double six, one double seven. The nation station, Manx Radio. Man in line on Manx Radio. It's twelve thirty. Do give me a call sixty six thirteen at sixty eight if you'd like to talk about any topic. Got a few texts to go through. I shall do my best to, um, to get through them. Alex, our airspace is under daily and overnight weather harvesting. Sky spray deployments of sulphur dioxide, calcium carbonate, aluminium or any other proprietary compounds. Why does our government allow them to do this over our island, says CC. Um, CC, give me evidence. That's all I'm saying. Give me evidence. 
Thank you very much. And I don't mean conspiracy theory evidence that you might have seen on YouTube. I mean proper evidence. Uh, okay. Um, and uh, until you have evidence, maybe that's why the government aren't investigating something. Okay. In the same way, they're might be not investigating why the fairies don't come out from under the bridge when you go to Castletown. Um, let's have a look at some more of your comments. And um, Richard's been on. Hi, Alex. Why, when the UK have said they can't afford the money they are putting towards climate change and are reducing it significantly, is it necessary for the ministers to virtually double the 5.4 million 2023 climate change budget to the 10 million he said yesterday? He said that the 2% extra income tax is to fund 20 million more in health. Um, but half the tax has to um, effectively be towards the 10 million for climate change, which the people of the island um, can afford even less than the UK. You are cutting back on it, including mothballing the geothermal drilling site in Cornwall. So why is anyone wanting geothermal here if the UK are cutting back on already £45 million experiment? Thank you very much, Dick, for that one. Now, yes, geothermal. Yesterday, um, I was chatting with uh, Julian, also Eddie as well, um, about um, the greener energy and um, the the issues of whether we should go wind power. And uh, whenever I say, what's your solution to a lot of people, including them, and they say, well, we should be doing geothermal, geothermal. So, um, as promised on yesterday's programme, I went and did a bit of digging. Um, and thank you very much to uh, Dr. David Quirk, not the David Quirk from Onken, Dr. David Quirk, who's a scientific advisor from the Manx Geological Survey. Okay, and um, I asked him to clarify for me: Is geothermal actually a uh, a realistic proposition for the Isle of Man? Because everybody who's you know done their research, which is code for I've read a few things on the internet and I think I'm an expert, um, <laughs> many of whom you know listen to the show. Um, the, Dr. David Quirks told me that geothermal energy needs special geology, either a volcanic area like Iceland, where boiling water reaches um, the surface and could be used to produce electricity in special power plants, or a deep source of warm water, as used in district heating systems in some parts of Europe, like Denmark. Unfortunately, the rocks of the Isle of Man are quite cold and do not contain deep, warm water. For many years, projects have been carried out to try and use the heat from the radioactive granites of Cornwall, and as mentioned before, but these have proved hugely expensive with only small amounts of power achievable. For example, two megawatts from the latest pilot project. Unlike Cornwall, Manx granites are not hot. Another geothermal concept is being tested where water is circulated between two boreholes, but the boreholes are hugely expensive. Also, any form of drilling is technically difficult um, and potentially dangerous because of the huge pressures involved. Even if the geology of the Isle of Man was suitable, the costs are eye-watering and around one in three geothermal wells actually fail. On a smaller scale... The low level of geothermal heat in the Isle of Man could be used in heat pumps, but air or seawater is much more cost-effective. We at the Manx Geological Survey have searched in vain for warm springs on the Isle of Man. As geologists, we'd like nothing more than a Manx geothermal project, but unfortunately, it is not feasible. There's more um, information available at uh, manxgeology.com. Um, and uh, if you're interested in the background of Dr David Quirk, um, he's been involved in drilling boreholes for more than 30 years with Shell, Maersk and other international companies. And uh, the sorts of boreholes that we're talking about for geothermal energy on the Isle of Man costs, he, he states here, many tens of millions of pounds. They take a huge amount of planning and despite various geological and geophysical surveys, it's quite common that a problem is encountered requiring the drilling to be stopped and a new borehole to be started. So, off the back of the conversations yesterday with people, um, that in terms of when everyone says we'd like to see geothermal instead of wind, um, thank you very much to Dr David Quirk there for basically saying geothermal, it's not an option 
for mains power generation on the Isle of Man. So, from a geological point of view, it's not an option. Think again. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, one double six, uh, one double seven. Do you support um, the uh, MUA's preferred choice of greener energy, wind power? Um, do you support that? You know, we could spend these tens of millions trying to see if we can get geothermal to work here, um, or do you think there is another option? Let's be honest. Um, that uh, the Victorians used to harness the power of water all over our island. There's plenty of it. Um, do we look at that instead? So. Um, keep coming. One double six, one double seven um, is the text message number, or give me a call sixty six thirteen sixty eight. Now you did hear um, on the news this morning that the cost of school buses is going up. It's now going to cost fifty p a journey. Um, uh, the cost of school buses is going up ten p from today. It's nothing like letting us know in advance, is the DOI? Uh, the Department of Infrastructure says it's to address operational pressures for running the heavily subsidised service. OK, surely that's what we pay our taxes for in order to subsidise these services. Otherwise, if that's an issue, give it to a private operator. OK, um, the infrastructure minister, Tim Crookle, says that school fares have not changed for some time, with the intervening period witnessing a pe period of significant economic challenges and high inflation. Um, it's the same usual government record there. Um, with the department's budget under increasing pressure, including the need to maintain fiscal discipline, it's important to alleviate some of the subsidy currently borne by taxpayers. Those taxpayers, of course, um, I presume are also parents that are going to have to fork out um, an extra um, uh, 10p per day, which is £2.50 per week. And bear in mind, in the green agenda, we're meant to be encouraging people to use public transport. Let's be honest, in the past, um, we did try experiments of um, capping bus fares. People have even spoken about um, the, the idea of not so much capping bus fares, but making them free to get us onto public transport. Surely this is just dissuading us. If you're a parent, would you sit there and go, it's not worth it, I'll just drive them to school. I, d I don't care what politicians say with their platitudes, they don't have to pay for it. Hmm, I'd love to hear your opinion. Uh, 66, 13, 68. And uh, John's on the line. Hello, John. Afternoon, Alex. How are you? I'm not so bad. How are you, sir? Very, very disappointed. Very disappointed indeed. Fire away. You didn't... You didn't speak with uh, Graham Fox Hume to get an unbiased opinion of geothermal. Oh, right. Say to David Quirk, mm -hmm. you've got a confirmation bias situation here where they say it doesn't work, so that fits with the narrative of going with wind turbines. Right. So I went to a, um, a doctor, scientific advisor, geologist with 30 years' experience of geothermal energy. What, what was the, the issue in his response? Well, we believe he's incorrect. <clears throat> based on based on what? What qualifications and experience do you have? Well, I don't, but Graham Fox Hume is a geophysicist as well as a geologist. Mm -hmm. Yet, Dr. Quirk is only a geologist. Graham Fox Hume's worked 30, 40, 50 years in the oil industry and drilling. R right. And, and, what, so, and what's his... What, tell me then, what, what's his opinion on geothermal? Do, are, there, are there different rocks under the Isle of Man that he's found? It, it, it doesn't matter on the rocks. It's just um, a, a single hole with a coaxial pipe in it. You, you're not reliant on everything that Dr. Quirk is talking about. So he's giving you all the reasons why it won't work, but this system doesn't rely on that. What does it rely on? Depth. That's it, just depth. Nothing more, nothing less. Gaps? Depth, deep. You know, yeah. you drill down deep, 3,000 metres. You know, if you go to the core of the earth, what happens? 
Well, yeah, but you're not going to go to the core of the earth. No one has ever drilled anywhere near that far. So that that's that's obviously a ridiculous statement. But they, um, in terms of if you if you're just drilling down a hole, um, that the the yes, it does get hotter when it goes down. But, um, the point I made and I said here is that even with the ideas they've done in Cornwall, um, when you can get some heat from radioactive granites, it doesn't produce the amount of power required. I'm not saying it doesn't work. We're saying it doesn't produce the amount of power required. But this system doesn't rely on the granite or radioactivity or anything else. It's just the depth. The deeper you go, the hotter it gets. And it's generally accepted that every 1,000 meters, it's 30 degrees. So generally speaking, if you go down to 3,000 meters, it's 120 degrees. Mm -hmm. You've got steam. Right. If you go down to 4,000 meters, you know, you're looking at 150-odd. And uh, has this been proved on a survey of the Isle of Man? In what sense? How do you mean? Has it been proved? Well, there are there are different rocks. I know, I, you know, in terms of geology, there are different rocks that keep the heat. Um, in terms of how far you go down, you've given me stats there of when you go down, where, where, where's that stat from? It can't be just a general one from across the world because um, the, the the tectonic tectonic plates are made up of different types of rock. Well, it's the British Geological Survey. Right. Okay, and, and that's been done on the Isle of Man, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's been done on the Isle of Man, so to speak, but they've looked at the British Isles rock and mm. various things like that, and then they've come up with this roughly 30 degrees per 1,000 metres. It could be a little bit cooler, it could be a little bit hotter. But we're talking, as I say, ten, tens of millions of pounds to do these holes. It can't be just a general survey of the UK. That Surely the Manx Geological Survey is talking about the rocks under the Isle of Man. We, we, we can't gamble tens of millions of pounds on that um, we've possibly got the same rock as across the water, surely. But listen to those words you've just used. Tens of millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, Where does that figure come from then? Um, back at you. Where does that figure come from? I'll tell you now. It's on the statement from uh, Dr. David Quirk from his 30 years experience with Shell, Maersk and other international companies drilling boreholes. That It comes from practical experience in doing this. Yes, I know that's... When, when I didn't mean you specifically, I meant him. So where does the tens of millions of pounds come from? He needs to quantify it a bit more as opposed to tens because tens could be 100 or it could be 10. Well, still 10 million pounds to gamble. Do you not think that the MUA have gone for wind power because they feel that it is something that is tried and, whilst not perfect, possibly tested? Um, it's tried, tested and failed. We know that around the world. We've seen how everyone's pulling out of wind turbines because without the government throwing an awful lot of money in it just to keep it going, it's not economically viable. Um, Based on, as you said to me, based on what figures, you know, everyone pulling out is is anecdotal. Uh, Because let's be honest, they're still investing it in the UK heavily. We can see them from our window, can't we, at night, the little red lights that look like the aliens are approaching, Um, that the UK is still very heavily invested in wind power, isn't it? Well, yes, but look at the the last round of uh, bidding for it. They wanted more money. The the operators wanted more money, and the government said, no, we're not giving you more money. (laughs) Um, Orsted and all the other people that Julian have quoted, um, they're making losses. You know, so I think it's pretty self-evident. So you... you... Going back to geothermal, I think think a more fair view would have also been to speak with Graham and to have got a more in-depth geological and uh, every other kind of, well, when I say other kind, Graham's perspective on it, 
as he would have been able to explain it awfully a lot better than me. Well, um, as always, I'll say um, on this programme, John, that um, Graham is able to pick up a phone, 66 13 68. Um, he's not blocked from talking to me. Um, so, yeah, please do. Graham, if you're listening, um, please do give us a call. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll follow it up. Um, because um, when you say an unbiased view, it's one side of an argument. We've gone to one expert who says one thing. I'd like to hear from an expert who says another thing. Um, and right, Tony is uh, now on the line. I get the impression, Tony, we're going to talk about something to do with the budget. Well, yeah, I, I was going to make a point that um, the budget is aimed at people who are not capable or not able to pay the extra money instead of being aimed at those people who've got more money and better pensions than everybody else in the, in the world. <clears throat> we continue, as a Manx government, to pe- keep giving people who join the civil service gold-plated pensions, and that includes all of the MHKs. So I think there's a, an element here that says we should go and take some money out of their pensions in other words, reduce their pensions so to reduce our exposure for the long term so we don't have to tax poor people who can't afford it. Do you feel, Tony... There, there seems to be... Sorry? So I was about to say, do you feel that um, whilst I'm, I'm not either championing or throwing out your idea, do you feel that almost that is... If, if we went down that route, it's a victory to make us feel better, but would it actually give us that much more money? It would certainly reduce our exposure to debt because, as they keep telling you, that we've got to do something about our budgeting because all the money in the, that we've saved up over the millions of years that they've been messing about, or hundreds or certainly years and years that they've been messing about, they have basically kept lying in their own pockets. Now, Bonzo said the same thing basically this morning. You know, this is not aimed at people who can afford to pay. It's aimed at the people that can't afford to pay. And the ones who can afford to pay should do something about it, i.e. MHKs. They're a disgrace. In terms of the... Go on. Go on. Go on. No, go on. I was going to say, um, the other thing is that someone raised to me this morning is that many years ago, before COVID, there was a big debate about civil servants paying for their parking. Um, which seemed to get waved over the COVID period and has gone very quiet since. Are these the kind of benefits that you would like to see um, people effectively be getting charged for again? I think that we have a system in this, in this government that just continues to expand the civil servants and civil service roles without achieving any improvement in our lives. And I think they need to get hold of a, a large axe and start chopping. OK. You know, they, they all, every one of them comes on and says, we haven't got enough money, we haven't got enough money. But they then complicate everything. So you take a look at Manx Care, mm-hmm. you're paying over £10 million a year just for a bunch of people to keep giving you percentages of how many people have got coughs. It, yeah, it okay. doesn't work. OK, Tony, um, I'm going to have to quickly move on because I'm running out of time, but thank you very much uh, for your comment on that. And um, to prove the man in line works, Graham Fox-Hume is on the, the line to talk about geothermal. Um, good afternoon, Graham. Lovely to hear from you. Yes, good afternoon. Uh, yes, there, there's a serious misconception here. This is, this is one of the problems I've been arguing uh, for a long time now. Uh, the fact is that the geothermal is a closed system. It does not use water. 
So the water that you use is is recirculated. So um, it's inside inside steel casing. So can you explain to me then, um, you know, for a, a layman, as it were, um, the how does this system work? Is it guaranteed to work? And um, what are the costs uh, involved? Much, yes. Uh, well, the costs are, are considerable, but there are now specialised drilling companies who who know how to do it and have the experience. Basically, you you drill down until you find the temperature you need. The well is then cased off and water is circulated down one casing and comes up back through another one. Usually I think they circulate uh, uh, down the outside casing and, and, so, and bring it back up through the central casing. That could be done adjacent to our power station. I think there's uh, wasteland uh, adjacent to the power station where you could, you could drill there and you would feed the steam uh, directly into the power station to power the turbines. Although they would actually, it would actually be a, a, a dual system. You, you would have a heat exchange system so, uh, to isolate everything. So where else? Um, it's a pity we're running out of time. We could discuss this for the whole hour. Yes. Um, where else yes. in the um, where else in the world is this system currently used then for for mass power uh, generation? Uh, there are about seven hundred power plants around the world in places uh, geothermal power plants in places where you wouldn't expect, such as Indonesia. And places like that. And do they use this specific this specific form of the fact that it doesn't need to have anything to do with the rocks? It doesn't need to have anything. It's literally just a hole that goes down and comes back up. Yes, basically, yes. Um, a lot of them still use what are called dual completions. They have two wells: one to put the water down and one to bring it up. Uh, but that's old-fashioned uh, technology nowadays. As I say, the, the wells are now the holes are now concentrically cased. Now you need one hole. Now, in terms of the, um, the the cost involved, if if this is such a great system, because um, I, I referenced it in the statement before, geothermal concept being tested is where water is circulated between two boreholes, and it says it's hugely expensive on the statement I got here. Do you think this is the reason we're not looking at it on the Isle of Man? Do you think in More terms likely, of... Yes. So if it's a case of it's too expensive, surely eventually we have to turn around and go, we cannot afford it. Uh, well, the point is the costs are coming down. As I say, there are specialised drilling companies that know how to do it. Uh, the latest estimates I've got, and I, I really need to try and uh, go backwards and find out where I got them from, but an initial well would cost about £6 million, and subsequent wells, once you've got the thing started, are about £4 million each. And is that without any test drilling? That's with, with without anything else? Because, of course, you can imagine for the amount of money we're going to have to spend for wind farms, as it were, that sounds like very, very cheap. Well, it is relatively. Yes, I, I hear you. And certainly there's, there's leeway there for it to be slightly more expensive than, than that shows, I must say. But uh, basically, the techniques are, are evolving very rapidly. With the greatest of respect to Dr. Quirk, he's, he's, he's a bit out of... Uh, out of time here, you know, he's a, he's a bit outdated. So in terms uh, then, so in terms of yeah. why the government aren't actually following this, why do you think that is? Because if, if, if this is the um, can provide the amount of power um, that we need to run our island, because one, our, one of our biggest um, uh, the emissions in terms of our carbon footprint on the Isle of Man, it's pretty the, the biggest emission is power generation. So surely yes. they should be leaping yes. all over this if those are the facts. Well, they should, yes, and it, it is it's something that's occurred to me. Uh, it's never mentioned. You know, they, they bang on about wind turbines and solar panels and all the rest of it, which are hugely inefficient. 
Uh, and the word geothermal is, is just, well, I don't think they can spell it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to have to go. But, Grant, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. No, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we have to teach MHKs how to spell geothermal. There's a note to finish on. Thank you very much for all your calls and your texts this afternoon. Apologies if I've managed to get to your text. I do read them. I will pass them on to our newsroom. Phil Gorn is back tomorrow. Stick around as part of our 60th anniversary celebrations on Manx Radio. We're going back in time with Kelly's Eye to look at Victory House in a moment. Where's Victory House? Stick around and you'll find out. Thank you for your company for the last couple of days. Phil is back in the chair tomorrow. It's the budget special from Crow Isle of Man on Friday, and then Andy's back on Monday. Take care, ta-da.